What up, people? It is Wednesday, July 7th. My name is B. Hill, and this is the Just My Opinion podcast. So let's talk. Uh, it has been about a month since the last podcast, and a lot has happened since then. Um, let's start with Derek Chauvin. He's the police officer that was um, in jail for the murder of George Floyd. He was sentenced to 22 and a half years in prison. Uh, for murdering George Floyd. I think the max he could have gotten uh, based on the charges um, he was convicted of was like 40 years. Uh, But I guess 22 and a half is better than nothing. And I think he still uh, has federal charges pending. So hopefully he'll get some federal time too. Um, I think they said with this particular sentence he may be still eligible for parole. But if he gets federal time, I think he would have to serve all of that. So I'm hoping that um, the federal trial will come through and he gets additional time tacked on to that. Uh, The day of the verdict, uh, it was during my shift at work. And uh, a lady I talked to at work, she lives in Minnesota where all of this happened. And her and I were messaging back and forth uh, throughout the day and throughout the the sentencing process and after we heard what the sentence was she messaged me and asked me if I was happy and I told her no I mean I'm relieved that he did get some time and based on his age that's a pretty decent amount of time but uh, I would be happy if we didn't have to deal with this stuff Uh, that's what would make me happy if we didn't have to have George Floyd's out there being murdered And I know I've spoken about this before, but the characterization from some people about um, black people making George Floyd a hero is just not the case. Uh, He was murdered unjustly. That's just the bottom line. And it was on video and for the world and everyone to see. Uh, so to deny that I think is a that's another issue that's their own personal problems but uh, I'm glad Sheldon was convicted he got 22 and a half years uh, and again I think the federal charges are or the federal trial is still pending so hopefully he'll get additional time with that um, also since the last podcast uh, Juneteenth was made an official federal holiday And for those that don't understand what Juneteenth is, uh, Juneteenth, June 19th is when the last slaves in Texas found out they were actually free, which was two years after the Emancipation Proclamation was signed. Um, It took that long for that information to trickle down to the South. So uh, a lot of minorities celebrate Juneteenth because that's the last day that actual uh, slaves were slaves, they were free after that. Um, And it's funny how once they made it a federal holiday, a certain segment of the population thought it was stupid. Uh, People like Candace Owens saying Juneteenth is lame, she'll still celebrate the 4th of July, which is fine. That's absolutely fine. But these are the same people a year ago when the previous dude in the White House was talking about making it a holiday, they were all for it. But now that it's happened under this current administration, they have an issue with it and it's lame. And also, it's ironic that 
Um, they've made Juneteenth an official federal holiday, but a lot of states have created laws banning teachers from teaching the history of Juneteenth and the current effects it has on people today. And that goes back to the whole critical race theory argument. Um, learning about Juneteenth and why it's celebrated would be against the law based on some of these bills that were signed just recently. Um, and with the critical race theory topic, and I've touched on this before too, but there was a congressional hearing uh, and the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Mark, I think his last name is Millie, was testifying and Matt Gates asked him a question about his thoughts on teaching critical race theory in the military. And General Melly said he was all for it. He said he wants to understand uh, both sides of the coin. He said he thinks it's important because the military is so diverse to have all different perspectives. And he was for understanding. He wants to understand uh, what's going on so he can better uh, lead and communicate with the soldiers. He thought it was very important. And I don't think that was the response Matt Gates was looking for because he looked like somebody just peed on his leg and said it was raining. He had such a dumbfounded look on his face. Um, it was actually a very good clip, and I enjoyed watching it because you have to have an open mind when you're talking about these, these type of topics. Uh, and also, over the past few weeks, the Olympic trials were held. Uh, the, I think the Olympics are in Tokyo this year. Uh, and we continue to see what I would consider biases towards minorities uh, in the Olympics. Uh, the first thing is Shakari Richardson. She's a sprinter from Dallas. Um, went to Carter High School here in Dallas. And she was disqualified uh, because she tested positive for marijuana. And she's been suspended. Uh, a hammer thrower by the name of Gwen Berry. She faced a lot of criticism because during um, her ceremony, she turned away from the American flag. And people said she needs to be kicked off the team. And uh, they tell you how you need to be patriotic and you shouldn't be representing the United States and this should be an honor. And then... Also, the, uh, there's a group of black female swimmers who are not allowed to wear a special swim cap called soul caps that better protects their hair uh, in the water. Their soul caps were banned by the Olympic Committee, uh, and it doesn't give them an unfair advantage. It, it doesn't give them an advantage at all. It's just something that protects their hair better than what uh, they're already using but I just read that the Olympic Committee is taking a look at those soul caps to see if it's okay but it seems like the black athletes especially the women are always discriminated against because of their hair um, they don't take into consideration that the texture of minorities hair is a lot different uh, a lot of times hair just doesn't lay down and fit under those swim caps so uh, a company called Soul Caps came out with something specifically for black hair. And at the moment, they're not allowed to wear them. 
and then we still have the biases against Simone Biles. Um, she currently has three different moves, gymnastics moves named after her. And the fourth is um, a move that no other female has ever completed. But again, she's being penalized because nobody else can complete it. They deem it too dangerous for other people to even try. And she gets penalized because it's too hard. And it just doesn't make sense. Um, but back to Shakari Richardson. Uh, this young lady, she's been banned. She's uh, was left off of the Olympic team altogether uh, because of the positive marijuana test. And the thing that bothers me about this particular story is Shakari Richardson immediately, uh, I forgot what morning show, maybe the, the Today Show. And she acknowledged what she did. She acknowledged she knew what she was doing when she did it. She didn't ask for special consideration. Um, she just said, I'll see you, you know, next time. And the arguments around, well, she, that's what she gets. She knew the rules. I agree with that because she's acknowledged that. Now, personally, I think the rule is stupid. I've never smoked marijuana before. But marijuana is not a performance-enhancing drug, so therefore, I don't see it as a big deal. But again, she knew the rules. She admitted she knew the rules. But the fact that this continues to be a story and people are saying she gets what she deserves and um, all of that backlash is amazing because when Michael Phelps was caught in pictures with the ball, uh, they were so willing to forgive him. And... He initially lost a lot of sponsors, but the majority of them came back after the situation died down. Um, so it's just a double standard of um, athletes, which I just heavily disagree with. Again, she's one that took responsibility. Uh, she had a lot of stuff going on. She just found out her bio biological mother had passed away. Um, she was dealing with that. And I'm not making excuses because, again, she knew what the rule is. And again, she said she knew what the rule was, but she made a choice. And she's not complaining. It's everybody else that's complaining. But my issue is the hypocrisy on how uh, Michael Phelps was treated in the comments about, and the support for him, uh, compared to the support that Shakari Richardson is getting. Um, I personally think the Olympics are gonna be trash. Uh, I probably won't watch a lot of it, personally. Um, but, you know, we'll see what happens. I wish them all the best. Uh, also, a story came out last month from the NFL. And this amazed me once I read it. Uh, the NFL pledged to halt using race norming um, to review former minority players' medical claims. And basically what race norming is, it assumes that black players have a lower cognitive function than other races, therefore making it harder for black retirees to show a deficit and get assistance. So what they're saying or what this particular um, race norming did was they just assumed that black people were, they functioned lower than white players. And if they have something like CTE or dementia, 
it makes it harder for them to file those claims or get long-term help from the league as a retiree because they're already deemed to function worse than white athletes. And this is something that just happened last month. The NFL um, is made up of 68% black players. But yet they had a policy in place to where they automatically assume black players' cognitive function is lower than white players. Make that make sense. So even in 2021, with 68% of the league being minority players, this is what they think about them until last month. Uh, I, I just, I have no words for that other than it's BS. Um, you know, a lot of my content is based around race-related issues, and that's not really what I wanted when I started this, but when we just continue to see stuff like this, I have to talk about it because that's what's important to me. Uh, and I think once football season starts and all of that stuff, I have more things to talk about, but as this stuff continues to go on, I'm going to continue to address it because this is therapeutic to me. Um, Moving on to the House has started a January 6th committee to investigate the origins of the insurrection that happened on January 6th. And the amazing thing about that is, uh, of course, Republicans don't want it to happen. They want you to move on from it. But they continue to say it was Antifa, it was BLM, there were no Trump supporters involved. But if that's the case, wouldn't you want Antifa and BLM or wouldn't you want this issue to be uh, investigated to find out exactly who in Antifa and BLM was involved? To me, that would make sense. But the same people that want to move on from January 6th are supporting this ridiculous uh, audit in Arizona looking for bamboo in ballots. So on one hand, you want us to move on from something, but yet you can't move on from an election that happened last year. So it's just crazy. I'll be glad once. I won't feel comfortable about this until people start getting prosecuted. Arrest is one thing, but an arrest is not prosecution. And you have not uh, been given the punishment you deserve. And I hope and pray that all of these members of Congress uh, they gave the tours, that had conversations, that helped plan it, because I'm sure we all know a lot of uh, people in Congress had parts in it. So I just hope they have concrete evidence, and it's an open and shut case, and these people get the time that they deserve, and they should not be in any type of political role. I hope they're removed from their uh, positions of authority. Um, and then the other day I had an interesting conversation with a white conservative friend and I preface that I say white because I think that's kind of important to the conversation we had that her and I had Um, so the conversation was about the TV show Big Brother 
and Big Brother is one of my favorite reality shows. I've been watching it from the beginning, uh, and I think season 23 starts tonight. That's why I'm doing this kind of early, so I can make sure to watch it. But uh, she has Paramount TV, and Paramount TV has uh, all of the seasons of Big Brother. So her and I, we started watching. She's never watched the show, and I recommended a season for her to watch. And on this particular season, there was season three. And mind you, it was season three of 23 seasons. So this was years ago. And a lot of things that happened within that season would definitely not be acceptable today. Uh, but there's this one uh, person on the, the show. His name was Jerry. He was an older white man. Jerry was probably in his 50s at the time. And he was... He made some racist comments, some sexist comments, and one day he had kind of this epiphany and almost uh, breakdown and gave this impassioned speech to a gay black guy named Marcellus and apologized for judging him based on his race and his sexuality, um, and he cried and talked about, asked for forgiveness for his sins and all of that stuff, and I I think he said he had two black nephews or something like that and he loves them and and he wants God to take all of their hate away. So her and I were talking about that particular incident and she was saying she didn't understand why he had all of this white guilt. And that kind of caught me off guard. Um, in my perspective, it wasn't white guilt because to me, I would think white guilt is a white person feeling guilty for the sins of their ancestors. You're like taking the responsibility of a whole race upon you. To me, this was his own personal guilt. It had nothing to do with the entire race. It was an epiphany he had on his own that he felt like he was doing wrong. That was the first thing. And then secondly, I was talking about this season's cast is very diverse. And she asked me what I meant said you have you know multiple black people Hispanics uh, you know just more than just the typical white people and one token black dude or one token black girl and her response to that was oh well I didn't notice when I watch shows I don't notice you know the races of the people and I just thought and you don't notice because they all look like you anyway representation matters to me it, it obviously doesn't matter to her but rep representation matters to me and having a diverse cast is important to me you know it amazes me when people don't question like for instance the bachelor uh, franchise I think there's only been one black bachelor one uh, male bachelor and one black bachelorette out of the numerous years and seasons that show has been on. You can't tell me that there's not one black, um, well-adjusted, successful male or female that could do that. It, it, there's not more than one of each. So it must be nice not to have to think, take these things into consideration when you watch shows because generally on these type of reality shows, they all look the same. And you'll have a token male or female, maybe both, 
but no more than two on all of these shows. And there is starting to be more diversity. And it must be nice not to even recognize it because it doesn't affect you. Because the majority of the people you see on TV look like you. And this person, she won't learn. Even after our conversation, she still didn't learn. Um, But I don't expect anything different from her. I take her for what she is. uh, No more, no less. She is who she is. Um, On some good news, Megan McCain announced she was leaving The View, uh, which is good. I don't necessarily watch The View anyway, but I definitely didn't watch it with her on it. I would catch a clip every now and then, but she is the worst, and she's gotten even worse over the past uh, several months. Uh, There was a situation, I guess about a month ago, where uh, President Biden snapped at a reporter based on one of the questions. Um, He asked the question and walked off, but then came back and apologized to the reporters and to this reporter specifically and gave another explanation of uh, her original question. And you would have thought he kicked the baby in the face based on how Megan McCain was acting. He's the president. He shouldn't be acting like that. But she didn't have that same energy with the previous dude that talked about her father that she loved so much that she's used that name to get almost any job she's gotten because she doesn't deserve to be on this show given a platform but I can almost guarantee I would put money on it if she has a show coming probably on Fox or OAN or something like that she will have a show coming after she leaves I would put money on it because there is an audience for her nonsense and uh Of course, I won't watch it, but she'll be around to continue to spread that nonsense that she keeps spouting every day. But one other thing real quick about the Big Brother thing and the diversity of the cast, I forgot to mention. Um, I was on their Facebook page earlier, and it's interesting to scroll through the comments, and they have the pictures of all of the new house guests and all of that, and the number of people that says, oh, this doesn't look like something I'm going to watch this season, and these are supposedly faithful watchers of the show and supporters of the show, but they see more than, um, or they see less common faces, I guess, that's the easiest way to say it, Uh, now they're not interested, and I saw comments like, um, you know, they don't look interesting, or it looks like they're going in a different direction, so I'm not going to watch. Or also, I hope this doesn't turn into a political show. And But again, this is coming from a segment of population that uh, if you don't look like them, they, they have issues. And they're afraid of becoming that minority that they dislike so much. Um, also, I guess last week, Bill Cosby was released from prison. Uh, I think he probably still needs to be there, but the reason he was released was legitimate, and it was because of a technicality. Uh, The prosecution apparently made a deal with him um, before his trial that if he testified for a grand jury, they would not prosecute him. And he testified under oath, and apparently the things he was saying was so egregious they decided to prosecute him anyway. 
Well, the judge ruled that you already made this deal with them that you weren't going to prosecute them, and they let them out. So I would not be surprised if they uh, retried him. I don't think double jeopardy applies at this point. But, Bill, enjoy your time out for now. I have a feeling that's going to change. And this week's verbal middle finger goes to a guy by the name of Edward Cagney Matthews. And if you've been watching the news, you probably heard this story uh, out of Philadelphia. He went on this racist tirade against one of his black neighbors uh, that was caught on video, of course. And he's using the N-word and... I mean, he's walking around as if he's untouchable. And on multiple occasions, he said that, you know, people have called the police and the police didn't do anything. They're untouchable. That he's untouchable. Police won't do anything to him. And he kind of proved that because the neighbors called the police. The police showed up. He continued to use the N-word towards them, telling the police, you go talk to those people over there. But, of course, he used the N-word. And... Their response to that was, oh, you need to stop saying that. You know, they downplayed it. Apparently, he's been terrorizing uh, neighbors for over three years. There have been complaints for over three years on this dude, and nothing has happened. So that's why he felt so free to act the way he was acting. Um, He's walking up on this guy in his yard, in his face, yelling and screaming. And that's the ultimate privilege when you think you can do that and you get away with it. You know, without consequences, he continues to do that for three years. But he had the audacity on video to give out his address. He dropped that address and basically dared people to come to his house. Well, the next day, over 100 people showed up at his house protesting outside uh, his front door. And it was a mix of black and white people and um, the police showed up. And they finally arrested him for uh, intimidation and harassment. Bias, intimidation, and harassment. Um, He was taken away in handcuffs and booked, and they have his mugshot posted. But if that would have been addressed three years earlier, he wouldn't have, it wouldn't have gotten that bad. Uh, And that's one of the problems that black people have is the fact that the police seem to be very lenient on a certain segment of population Uh, this dude, the way he was acting in front of the police was amazing, the yelling, the cussing the using the racial slurs and being defiant and nothing was done and I'm sure he had done that over the course of those three years because there were multiple complaints filed against him and the fact that they just don't nip this stuff in the bud to take it seriously, it escalates to what we saw uh, and what he did. So these are the issues that the, the black community has with police officers not uh, addressing things. But if it was us, you know, I think it would have been handled a lot differently. Um, so the quote of the week is, in order to empathize with someone's experience, you must be willing to believe them as they see it and not how you imagine the experience to be. And I wholeheartedly believe that that's one of the best quotes I've heard in a long time. Um, that is going to be it for this week. Hope y'all have a good week. Thank you for listening.
God bless. Peace.